And then, you know, October, is, it's, it's, it's a lot of things that is going on in October, you feel me? Like, right now, as y'all can see, that my outlines and stuff like that is pink. Supporting breast cancer awareness, you feel me? So, you know, for all my breast cancer awareness people out there, man, make sure you are aware. Make sure you get um, you get checked on. Make sure you, you, if you feel anything that's uncertain, make sure you please get checked on. Because the reason this is so important to me, because I have a special person that's now in her 11th year as a breast cancer survivor. So, Miss Tamika McKnight, baby, I, I I tip my hat off to you. I'm so glad that you was able to overcome and 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 so far still being the head of this whole breast cancer um, uh, disease and illness and stuff like that. So, Ma, <laughs> I'm so glad that you were able to still be here and still get on my nerves like you always do you feel me um also in october man um as everybody know who's know me real personally know that i have now reached the year of um now of my mom's passing um a little rough I had to take a little week off also i was also sick too so you know what i mean so i i took a week off got my mental right got my health right and mama you already know baby i love you from the bottom of my heart you feel me so as y'all already know, everybody knows I love my mommy. <laughs> and also, man, I cannot forget, man, one of my ace boons from the sandbox days, man. I wish you were still alive here also, man. Shout out to my man, birthday, man, C-Money, a.k.a. Clarence, man. Long live C-Money, as always. I'm always going to keep on uh, uh, announcing that and keep that. And you already know that's my slogan, for real, for real. Those who know me, man, long live C-Money, you feel me? All right, now I got that out the way. Of course, and as always, this podcast is now sponsored by Reaventure Self Fitness, you feel me? If you are looking for that personal trainer that can get you right, that can get you meal prep, that can help you with a lot of things, and you are trying to get your, trying to get this winter body uh, attack early, you feel me? Make sure you hit my bro up, you know what I mean, at Reaventure Self Fitness, underscore uh, reinvent yourself fitness you feel me reach out to him on his instagram hit him in his dms tell him that dev sent you you feel me let him know that you're trying to drop that weight you're trying to get right you need a personal trainer because like i said my, my man has been helping me out and i'm still shedding pounds i'm still doing the workouts i'm still doing everything that he asked me to do you feel me so if you are looking for that personal trainer make sure y'all go to reinvent yourself underscore fitness hit him in dm let him know that damn sent you. And I guarantee you, my man's going to get you right, you feel me? So, this show should be very, very interesting. As always, I always try to give y'all the interesting topics. I'm trying to give y'all topics to make y'all kind of think outside the box just a little bit on the sports world, you feel me? So, in this in, in this episode, you feel me, I will be talking about um, a new member has to leave a, a, a championship contender team and he wound up getting traded to another championship contender team in the same conference. Can't wait to sit here and talk about him. And I feel like that this team now has him, has a better chance of making the Eastern Conference Finals and maybe possibly making the finals if everything goes right, you feel me? I'm going to be talking about that. I'm going to be talking about which two teams in the NFL right now all through week five has shown out they have been number one teams in, in the AFC and in the NFC. I cannot wait to tell y'all what two teams that I picked, you feel me? I'm also going to be saying, giving y'all my week five, what is it, week five recaps, you feel me? What happened in week five, all that, give you my opinion on that. And, of course, I got to give y'all my week six picks because I feel like my picks has been right. I feel like nobody's going to beat my picks, you feel me? So if you feel like you can beat my picks, if you know what, what, uh, what week six picks is going to be consist of by the end of the show, put your picks inside the comments and match up with me and see if your picks is going to be better than mine. I doubt it because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a football genius. <laughs> you feel me? So let's get this show on the road. You feel me? Yo, 
like I said, man, in the NBA, the NBA has started. NBA has already putting its its name in the books already, man. Preseason has started. Some of the and other like the NFL, the NBA preseason has stars, and it's showing that um, these stars are not capable of not scared to get hurt or anything in that nature. You feel me? And which is going to come to be good for them because they won't have a sloppy beginning of the first week of the uh, opening week, just like how the NFL was just sloppy. You feel me? But, you know, another conversation, another topic. So as we all know, Dame Lillard has got traded um, to the Milwaukee Bucks. And for Dame to get the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Bucks really had to let somebody go who I felt like they shouldn't have let go. I felt like that he was a, was the main key part of that championship run that the Milwaukee Bucks had. You feel me? And and I don't understand why Portland even went on here and traded him back to the Eastern Conference once he got traded for Dame, you feel me? I guess Portland said, you know what? We're going in another direction. We already got our young guards. We are uh, fully invested in the guards. There's no reason to bring in another guard, which is smart, which I get. But with this guy, I would have thought twice about that, you feel me? Um. So the Boston Celtics said, shit, why not? Everybody's trading them. We need we need a guard. We need a guard that can hold the rock. We need a guard that's going to not get too many turnovers. We need a guard that can uh, bring it down and crunch, and crunch time. So it does not have to be in Jason Tatum hands or Jalen Brown hands the most. And you need a guy that can play both sides, not just offense, but he straps up on defense. One of the top pro, uh, primary defenders in the game, you feel me? And that person is Drew Holiday and the Boston Celtics. I felt like the Boston Celtics had really put themselves in championship contention by just getting this one player. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, they did lose Marcus Smart. They did lose Robert Williams. They probably not going to bring back Al Horford. But the key pieces that they have are Jason Tatum, who I wish that he can just carry his um, – his MVP candidate season all the way through the season, man. All the way, not just get to the halfway point. That's the one thing Jason Tatum gets me mad. In the beginning of the season, he is lights on. He's on fire. He's unstoppable. Nobody can really play Jason Tatum. But it just after you get after that all-star break, man, Jason Tatum kind of go flatline, dead a little bit. And you be looking like, God damn, bro, what are you doing? I have so much high hopes for you, you feel me? And And then you just let me down. Jason Tatum, he has everything. He is one of the best players in the NBA as we speak. But at times, like I said, he, he faded away like Jordan's jumper. Jalen Brown, we already seen that, and there's some noise that he can't really go left. When he goes left, he has multiple turnovers. He's not um, uh, 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 as, confident, uh, as confident as he is going right. So when now that – we kind of figure out Jason Jalen Brown. Now we need Jalen Brown to step up a little bit more. And now we don't have to put Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the on a premier offensive score. Now they got Drew Holiday. And I feel like Drew Holiday is the perfect, it's the perfect guy for this team. And I think that Drew Holiday can help the Boston Celtics get over that hump, finally beat Miami, can finally put away Milwaukee or somewhere in that nature. And I think that Drew Holiday is that guy. And why Drew Holiday that guy? Because Drew Holiday can average 19.3 points a game. That's what he averaged last year. And he finished 46th in the NBA. But that's like I said, that's not really his strong suit. He can score. He can get you down. He can walk a defender down to the post and things like that. He can also shoot a little bit. So he's like a dual threat. Also, he, he averaged 5.1 rebounds, which put him 74th as a, you know I mean, as an NBA star. And he's a guard. He's only 6'3", 205 pounds. We're not expecting him to be the uh, the uh, rebound guard like a Russell Westbrook or anything of that nature. But he can show you that he can average five rebounds a game. He's averaging 7.4 uh, assists a game, which put him ninth. Uh, <coughs> excuse me will push him ninth in the NBA, which means, you know what I mean, he's, he's in the top ten assists. He, he, he can, like I say, he, he's not a, just a scoring point guard. He's just not a, a guard that can that's going to get cardio. My man gets work done, you feel me? And then with that work getting done, he's shooting 47.9 field goal percentage, which put him 65th 
in the NBA, which means that my guy is a top 100 player. If you look at all these stats, let's look at it one more time. 46, top 100, 74, top 100, ninth, top 100, 65th, top 100. He's a top 100 player. You know what I mean? The stats is really speaking for itself. So, like I said, um, now that you, like I said, I, I, I'm a big fan of Marcus Smart. I feel like Marcus Smart is a dog. Is the thought that you need on every team. That's why Memphis went on here and was like, yeah, we'll take him off the smart because we get rid of Corey, uh, we get rid of Dylan Brooks. So why not bring in Marcus Smart? And then you already know that Boston Celtics said shit, then we losing Marcus Smart. We wasn't in the uh running for Dylan Brooks. So why not just go ahead and and trade for Drew Holiday, which I believe that that was the great move for the Boston Celtics. So now that you get all this, we just got to see how things is put together. Because, like I said, Drew Holiday is not going to be the guy that says, yo, give me the ball. He knows his role. He knows how to play it well. He played it He played it perfect right behind um, Giannis, the Greek freak, and Milwaukee. Milwaukee, honestly, I think that Milwaukee would have never got that championship if Drew Holiday would have never came in and put another spin to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that that's what he can, he's most definitely capable of doing once he get to Boston and once the season kicks in. But like I said, we're not asking him to take over the game, and I don't feel like Drew Holiday is going to take over the game. Now, can Drew Holiday take over a game? Yes. And when it comes down to crunch time and you need you need that bucket, you need that a guard that can get down in the post and they can get an easy bucket, Drew Holiday can be that guard. And like I said, when, he, when it is now because you gave up Malcolm Brogdon, you gave up Robert Williams. And it's like, dang, you need Robert Williams because, like, now who is your big? Are you really betting on Chris Stott, Porzingis to be your, your center, your big, the, your rim protector? The only thing about Chris Stott, Porzingis is that he can't really stay in the season too long. I think the highs he might have played in 60-something games. It's not bad, but we would like to see you hit that 70 more. Um, you know, and, that, and that's the great thing about Drew Holiday. He's not injury prone. You know what I mean? Drew Holiday actually – can play at least about 70-something games a year. And now, if I'm not mistaken, he's averaging at 70 games a year. So, <coughs> excuse me, we already seen that he's doable. He's going to be there when you need him. You feel me now? Like I said, just putting the chemistry together, making sure that everything um, fits right in the scheme-wise. And like I said, I feel like Drew Holiday can be that guard that's going to say, I'm not worrying about me. This is a team effort. This is a team type ball. And like I said, Marcus Smart uh, uh, wasn't a bad guard, but Marcus Smart is not your point guard that you want at the end of the games. And then you bring in Malcolm Brogdon last year, who really couldn't be in games because of his injury. So now that you got rid of him, you got a doable point guard. Kind of Boston Celtics kind of do not have nothing that's really holding them back. Like I said, the only thing I really need to see is them maybe getting a big man other than Porzingis, and we can see who's going to be that rim protector. Um, I, a lot of people say, well, maybe they should bring back Al Horford. Let me go ahead and say this now. I like Al Horford, but I don't like him enough to just to put him back on the bench. Because you, you last year you had Blake Griffin just sitting on the bench, just, just riding the bench all year pretty much, all because of, um, Gallinari went down. So if, if Blake Griffin is not really saying that much time, you, you most definitely got to go out here and get a big man, in my in my opinion. And I feel like that's going to be one of the things that hold Boston back. But as far as defense, as far as scoring, as far as having um, um, the right players out there, I feel like Boston is going to be a tough team to take down in that Eastern Conference, man. I don't care what Milwaukee and Dame has to put out there. I feel like that, number one, as far as the Milwaukee trip, we need to see how long and will Dame play – uh, a nice length of the season. If Dame can't play a nice length of the season, man, then the Milwaukee Bucks is kind of wasting that trade. Like I said, I'm a big Dame fan. I wanted to see Dame out of Portland. I want to see Dame in meaningful games. That's what I'm hoping that Dame can put you in is in meaningful games because Drew Holiday can get you to meaningful games. Ever since he went to Milwaukee, he's been in meaningful games. You know what I mean? So um, I feel like the Boston Celtics won this trade. Out of everybody in this trade, out of the Phoenix Suns, out of the Portland Trailblazers, I really feel like Boston Celtics won this trade. And the Celtics is going to be some, a team that you're going to have to 
kind of keep your eye on. I feel like that they will be the front runners of the East. Like I said, I, I'm not giving them the full full length of the season. They're going to take over the East, anything of that nature, because like I said, at times, Jason Tatum do fade away. Jalen Brown doesn't really pick up the slack when going left. But now that you have a point guard that can play both sides of the ball, that's not stingy, that can get his own shots when he wants to, and, he, and, and, and that's going to that's gonna be good for Boston. Because now, like I said, you don't have to rely on different people like a Michael Brogdon, and then you want to put in Marcus Smart, and then you got the, you know, trying to confuse, put it in a small lineup. Hopefully that Boston can get a big, another big man that can help them, help uh, Porzingis down at that box. Because, like I said, Porzingis still got injury problems himself. So, in my opinion, like I said, I feel like the Boston Celtics won this trade. And Boston Celtics will show you why they won this trade once the season starts, for real, for real. So, shout out to the Boston Celtics. Shout out to Kirk. Shout out to Michaels. Celtics fans, I can just think off the top of my head. Um, I can't wait to see how the season really tails in for them. You feel me? I can't wait till the season starts, period. I want to see how my Lakers doing. I want to see uh, what type of team that my Lakers is putting in together. You feel me? So NBA is right around the corner, man. Y'all already know once it comes into this corner, y'all already know I'm going to be sitting here talking NBA too. More information, more news, more more topics. You feel me? So NBA, here it comes, baby, and I cannot wait. All right, before I switch it over to the next segment, man, let's, let's, let's get to some of these comments that I have on here. OG Matt. With it is sup, brother. That's my guy right there, man. I swear, man. OG Mac is 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 one of my big supporters, man. My guy Ray Bond, man. <laughs> my man Ray Bond is with the Bond Chronicles, man. You got eggs, he getting money. I don't know what you're talking about there, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what you talked about. And then what else you talking? Ray is a troll, y'all. If y'all don't watch the shows that I be on Mondays and Thursdays, Ray is a troll. I swear, man. Then he gonna say my picks is trash. Uh, I guess I be whooping you, Ray. You swear you be whooping somebody, but I know one person you can't whoop though. <laughs> oh man, you gotta get a teacher the credit. Well, you ain't the teacher because in the MTO in, in my MTMO season, Ray. I think you like what fourth right now, so your picks is not kind of a genius picks either. You are letting my wife beat you, and I'm not even helping her out. That's the crazy part. Like I have finally, I just discovered my wife's um her strategy. Like I just so happened to walk in, and you can tell she was strategizing too. Because as soon as I walked in, she looked up at me like I was trying to cheat off our paper. I'm like, what? What's up, dog? Why are you looking like that? She was like, man, I, I got to watch people. People be stealing pics and stuff like that. So, Rick, you got some catching up to do. Because I ain't already taught my wife how to do pics. And she's beating y'all without my help. I don't know, Ray. You you, you might want to put that jeans card up for yourself, too. <laughs> But nah, man, let's switch it over, man. All right, we're going to switch it over to the NFL now. The NFL is most definitely has been buzzing, has been jumping off, and I and I feel like the NFL is 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 really picking up this year, man. And we only in week five, and I feel like I got two teams right now that is completely dominant, like completely dominant. I feel like they are the best in their conferences, for real. You know, like I said, it's just – it's only been five weeks. Still early. I totally get it. But at the same time, man, I feel like that these two teams that kind of separate themselves just a little bit because this one AFC team, I was going back and forth on, and I really could not pick on which team I felt like can really – that took that extra leap of saying that they are the number one team in the AFC for real. You know what I mean? And, and, and like I said, it was it – was, it was very hard. It was it was very hard. But the team that I feel like is winning the AFC race right now is the Miami Dolphins. I hate to say it because this one guy I used to work with, man, my man Chase, he used to always talk about Dolphins this, Fins that, the Dolphins. 
I was like, I don't think the Dolphins guys cook is good colors. I like I like the tail and the orange. That's about it. <laughs> but no, on for real though, the Miami Dolphins, in my opinion, and I it was going back and forth. I had to really sit here and think like is this the team that I really want to pick. Because the other second team was the Kansas City Chiefs. And the only reason why I didn't pick the Kansas City Chiefs, man, is because for the simple fact that I feel like um Miami offense is clicking just a little bit more when it comes um, on that offensive side of the ball. Now, both both the quarterbacks is about the same when it comes to completing us uh, um, percentage and when it comes to touchdown uh, interception ratio. But the reason why I picked the Dolphins as the best team in the AFC, you know, like I said, just the first five weeks, to put a simple fact that right now, Tua, he's, he's having a, a, a decent – Decent first five weeks, you feel me? Right now, Tua is 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's averaging 322 yards a game. He is his um QBR is 111.9%. His completion percentage is almost at 72%. I think it ended up like 71.7%, something in that nature. But you might as well go ahead and say 72%, man. And I feel like that tour is going to be the reason that Miami have a successful year or have a down year. You know what I mean? We already kind of seen it from last year. When Tua was in the game last year and in this at this certain same time, we seen that Tua was probably arguably lights out the best quarterback. Um, and people was like questioning like, dang, should we, should we be putting Tua in this elite conversation? Should Tua be in this conversation with the, the uh the Patrick Mahomes, the Tom Brady's, the Lamar Jacksons, the Aaron Rodgers, the the Josh Allen's, you know, we we kept asking those questions. But then Tua had got those two uh concussion injuries last year and it it knocked Tua out. And then when Tua was pretty much out, we was all sitting here questioning like, "Dang, is Tua that good? Is he that fragile?" You know, we start having a lot of these other questions about uh Tua. And then you know, then once we got to the offseason, Tua kind of was like, well, I'm like half in, half out. Um, I'm not 100% sure whether if I'm going to uh, retire or really uh, continue going with this season. And then, you know, like I said, when, when you have second guess, you be like, oh, I don't know, Tua, man. You, I don't know. You might not have a good year this year, nothing in that nature. But Tua wind up still having a, he's still having a decent year, even though he's, uh, uh, coming off this concussion, and we still having these questions, and then that's what makes it. I feel like that's what separate Tua and in the Miami Dolphins from the rest of the AFC team. Because I ain't even gonna lie. Before I go any further, I know people gonna be like, "Damn, damn, you, you, that's biased as hell." The Baltimore, my Baltimore Ravens was eight passes, eight drop passes away for me being a number for me picking them as the number one team. Eight passes, but they got the eight passes. I can't go sit here and complain. Can't sit here and whine. I whine on it on on at the bank. Y'all most definitely catch that episode this Saturday as I'm sitting here going to be talking about as the Ravens going over uh over the pond to play the Tennessee Titans and how they fumbled that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. But um, I feel like Tua is the Dolphins can go as far as Tua. And if Tua is 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 healthy, and Tua is most definitely be able to uh, put the Dolphins in good uh, good winning. Uh, uh, I can't find a word. If if Tua keep putting the Dolphins in good winning position, the Dolphins can 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 go a little farther in the playoffs in, in the season. Because right now the total, the the Dolphins are the most explosive team in in, in the NFL right now. They are averaging thirty six point two points a game. They're throwing up hella points. You feel me? Because their total points is 181 total points. That's including touchdowns. That's including field goals. That's going to include if, if they got safeties or not. You feel me? But they their total their total points is 181. Their total touchdowns is 24. They got 24 touchdowns right now. Um, Their total first downs is 124 total first downs. So you know that Miami can can really get the ball moving, and we already know how explosive they can be with their Eric Waddle, with the Tyreek Hill, with the moisture as that running back. Miami can most definitely move that ball and get it up and down the field um, on the offensive side. 
Now, the defensive side, they are not that bad. You know what I mean? They got eight sacks as a team. They got two interceptions. And this is all when Jalen Ramsey is not there. He's not back yet. He hasn't played this season due to um, an injury he has suffered during the offseason. So I think once Jalen Ramsey gets back and the Miami Dolphins is able to uh, insert him inside the lineup, I feel like the Miami Dolphins defense is really going to finally take off a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to be the best defense or uh, anything in that nature, but I feel like if you don't have your key star player right now and your defense is not that bad, what is it going to be like when Jalen Ramsey do come back? Now, I'm not saying that Jalen Ramsey is the guy that is 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 – is is your shutdown corner because he's not. He got beat multiple times by like Mike Evans in the crew. Um, but Jenna Ramsey most definitely brings that competitiveness into the game. And Jenna Ramsey don't back down from anybody. So you know, I mean, it, it, once he's able to once he's able to get back into that lineup and he's able to show himself, and Miami is still playing the way they are playing, the Dolphins can be a scary team in the AFC. But, you know, the way the AFC right now is beating each other up for real, for real, we don't know who's going to be the guy, who who's going to be the team that prevails in the AFC. Because you still got the, like I said, the Kansas City Chiefs, who's the second best team in the AFC right now, and they are not that far from being number one. Like I said, I almost chose the Kansas City Chiefs to be the number one team in the AFC. Um, but I chose the Miami Dolphins, you know, and I just gave y'all my reason. But – you still got the Kansas City Chiefs that's not that far away. You still got the Buffalo Bills who's up and down but still not that far away. My Baltimore Ravens, if, if they can learn how to close out games and beat the teams they're supposed to beat, I feel like the Baltimore Ravens can also be up in this uh, um, upper class of, of the AFC. So, um, like I said, the AFC, it, it, they are very, very close, and I feel like the AFC can most definitely take each other out as long as – you know, this season is, is going to go. So the Miami Dolphins right now for the first five weeks of the season is my uh, AFC best team right now. Now, let's switch it over to the NFC side of the ball. And I know I, I got some grief. I was in the barbershop the other day. Y'all can, you know, kind of see a little bit. I was in the barbershop. Um, and we was having, you know, barbershop talk. And I it was a bunch of Eagles fans in there. A bunch of Eagles fans. And they came up to me like, yo, Dad, let me ask you a question, man. You got, you know, you got your sports podcast and stuff like that. I hope y'all watching because this is about to break y'all hearts a little bit. They was like, yo, who are the best team in the NFC? And I was like, oh, that's easy. Hands down, the San Francisco 49ers. Man, did that ball a shot turn completely around. Everybody looking at me like, the 49ers, are you serious? You're not going to give it to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles? The Eagles are five. No, the Eagles are doing this. The Eagles haven't really lost the game since the last year in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely right. But you know the reason why I'm not picking the Philadelphia Eagles right now, man, because right now Jalen Hurts hasn't really stepped up to be the number two best quarterback in the league, as I, I kind of gave him during the offseason. So if Jalen Hurts is not being the second best quarterback, uh, how are we going to put them at the second best, I mean, or even the best team in the NFC? Number two, I think Brock Purdy's outplaying Jalen Hurts right now, and Brock Purdy had a lot of question marks, a lot of question marks. And I feel like the San Francisco defense are stingy, physical, and play fast, man. Like, whew. And like, don't get me wrong, the Philadelphia Eagles most definitely is 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 a is a team that you got to watch out for, and you can't sleep on. But my best team in the NFC right now is the San Francisco 49ers. I already alluded to, and this is a reason why I'm I'm choosing San Francisco as my number one team in the NFC. Brock Purdy has nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's averaging 254 yards a game. His QB uh, QBR rating is 123. His completion percentage it's going to get everybody 72%. And everybody was like, damn. And this is after having an elbow uh surgery last year when he got kicked out out of um out of the playoffs, all because he got hurt and you know his elbow wasn't all that good. So everybody had questions: is Brock Purdy gonna be the guy? Is Trey Lance gonna be the starting quarterback? Or is they gonna go ahead and just bring in uh, uh Sam Donald and hopefully Sam Donald can 
do whatever. Brock Purdy said, no, nah, dog, chill. I got this. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here to make the uh, – I'm here to put my name or his name should be in the quarterback, one of the elite quarterbacks this year so far. And if he <coughs> – excuse me. And if he continue to play the way he's playing, Brock Purdy might be getting himself inside that MVP candidate or offensive – Offensive uh, player of the year candidate, and that'd be dope. <clears throat> and you know, I mean, and, and like I said, the reason I picked the San Francisco 49ers because they are the second explosive team in the whole NFL. I just gave you one, the Miami Dolphins. The number two team is coming in the San Francisco 49ers, and the San Francisco 49ers are averaging 33.4 points a game, so they can put up points in the clips real quick. And, th- and that's why I felt like the San Francisco 49ers are the better team because, like I said, they are able to put up points real quick. And it doesn't matter who they who the points come from. It can even come from CMC. It can come from Debo Samuel. It can come from Brandon Ayuk. Or it can come from George Kittle. And all these players I just named are big-time players. You know what I mean? Ayuk is arguably showing that he can be a top wide receiver in this game, at least been number one wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. George Kittle, we already kind of known that he's a top three tight end in, in this league. So you can't sleep on George Kittle, even when George Kittle don't even play his best. And we already know what Debo Samuel is, yo. Debo, he's come to take your change, come to take your bite, yo. He, that's who he is. He's going to make sure that you don't leave nothing. He, don't, he doesn't leave nothing on that field. He's the guy that you can't take down on the first tackle. He's a guy that she, you probably ain't going to be able to catch on the first hand. You know what I mean? So he, he, he's a dual threat. And then you got CMC, Christian, uh, Christian McCaffrey. That guy is electrifying. He already has eight touchdowns already. And Brock Purdy only threw nine. He threw nine touchdowns. And you got uh, CMC with eight touchdowns. Seven of them is rushing. One is passing. But he's able to he, – he's, he's, he's keeping up with touchdowns with his quarterback. So, you know what I mean? So it, that, that, that shows that the offense of the 49ers are, are, are dangerous. You see how they just out here beating teams. You see what they just did to Dallas. And if you didn't, I'm most definitely going to show you in the uh, recap in a minute. <laughs> but on it for real, though, yo, the San Francisco 49ers are, are just dominant on that offensive side. Like I said, they can put up points to clip. And on that defensive side, man. Hands down, the most physical defense that's out here. Now, I feel like that's the reason why the 49ers kind of get a lot of injuries on that defensive side. But hands down, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers are the most physical team in the NFL. If you don't believe me, I swear to God, yo, go back and look at that Dallas Cowboys game. They would just kept on punching Dallas in their mouth. They was making sure that that Prescott and that, and that Dallas Cowboys offense was nowhere to be found for real. Was nowhere to be found. It got to the point that now the Cowboys Nation are starting to ask questions about Dak. Is Dak the guy? Can he? Can they rely on him as the quarterback? Should they start looking for another quarterback in the future now? Because they start to feel like Dak isn't the guy. And I was trying to tell people, like I'm a I'm a Dak Prescott fan, but when you start looking at his stats and looking at how he's playing the game, man, Dak Prescott doesn't really wow you to say. That is a championship-type quarterback. And it's a shame that we looking at Brock Purdy and we like, Brock Purdy might be that championship quarterback because we all feel like if Brock Purdy would not, have not gotten injured last year, San Francisco would have been in that Super Bowl, not the Philadelphia Eagles. Because the reason why I said that, because the 49ers defense single-handedly all the way down to the last, what was like seven minutes of the game in the, in the playoffs, the San Francisco 49ers defense kept them in the game without a quarterback. So if I feel like if, if the 49ers can just get a quarterback, which they have now in Brock Purdy, I feel like that now that the 49ers can get over the hump. You feel me? So, I, and, and like I said, on this defensive side of the ball, man, I feel like we talked about that defense. I feel like hands down that I hate to say this because I feel like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen is up in that conversation, but Warner and Greenlaw, yo, hands down, the best one-two linebackers in the game. Oh, my goodness, yo, like, 
way Greenlaw flies to the ball and stops the run. Even Warner. Warner, is, he can play coverage a little bit better than Greenlaw, but Warner can most definitely get to the running back and most definitely put quarterback pressure. And with those two playing side-by-side side together, it's like, how do you get to the sidelines for real? You know, so – and then, you know, their defense is only allowing 13.6 points a game. That is dominant. And like I said, Dallas only, was only able to put up 10 points last week. So we already seen that the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers to me, is the most dominant team. And I just gave y'all the reasons why they're the most dominant team right now. I'm talking about dominant than the Miami Dolphins. I feel like right now that I could safely almost say that the San Francisco 49ers can potentially be in the Super Bowl. If everything goes right, everything goes in their favor, if they don't have no injuries, anything in that nature, the San Francisco 49ers, just because of the style of play, Kyle Shanahan can, has really coached these guys up into showing that right now and, and play calling, I feel like Kyle Shanahan is, is the best play caller right now. So when you have those, when you got three sides of the ball that's going in your favor, because we haven't even mentioned the special teams for the San Francisco 49ers. That special teams is very dangerous. So, hands down, right now, I don't care if I'm sorry, Philadelphia. You're going to hate me. You're probably not going to get my views no more. <laughs> but hands down right now, San Francisco 49ers is the best team in the NFC. And in my opinion, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. So, there you have it. I chose the Dolphins as the best team in the AFC. And I think the San Francisco 49ers is the best team in the NFC. I got two. I got some comments right here. Let me. My man, Brandon. A.K.A. Officer, say, bro, I have a question to ask you. Why do the Ravens fans who predict their wins and loses again when the season starts, they always complaining about their loss and how they lost? Um, my, In my opinion, I feel like the Ravens always play down to the level of competition. I'm not giving them the, no, no escape goat or anything in that nature. But the Ravens have put themselves in a position to smoke uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Like, to smoke them. Pittsburgh was not supposed to see the end zone not one time. But it was those seven, it was those eight drop passes. You've seen that Rashad Bateman had two drop passes. And one of them was a touchdown. You've seen Mark Andrews had two drop passes. One of them was a touchdown. Nelson Algalore had a couple drop passes. One of them was to, open, was to swing that door wide open so Pittsburgh was not able to get in. Drop the passes. You seen Zay Flower overran the pass and dropped the pass. You know what I mean? It's like I said, it, it, it's not to keep saying that I have excuses for the Ravens. I, I really don't because, like I said, the Ravens play down to the level of competition. I've seen this for the last couple of years. They always does this. You feel me? I, I feel like the Ravens, we shouldn't have lost to no damn Indianapolis Colts. Like I said, the Colts is a good team, but they didn't have their starting quarterback and they didn't have their starting running back. They don't really have no good wide receivers. And in that, this Colts won because the Ravens let their, get, let their foot off the gas, in my opinion. You know what I mean? So, like I said, it's not excuses, but it's, it's, it's just that the Ravens sometimes, man, they 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 set you up. They, they, they have you thinking one thing, and the next thing you know, man, landslide, opposite direction. So, I, like I said, my man, Brandon, yo, check me out Saturday as I'm talking about the Ravens against the Tennessee Titans, man. And matter of fact, before I even get there, I'm going to be talking about that still in the game, that still in the game too. And we can most definitely go back and forth and deliberate about that. And also my man, Brandon said he predicted that the Ravens will not be under, will not be undefeated because they was used to the playbook. Um, Like the playbook, now don't get me wrong. The Ravens, their offense start off a little slow at times. And you can just tell they're still trying to figure out some things on that offensive side of that playbook. But at times, it's like those plays, you've seen these plays multiple times. The only thing that's different when it comes to these calling these plays is the name of these plays. Um, so I, I feel like the Ravens, because if you really look at it, Lamar Jackson is still having a good uh, completion percentage. He's still throwing 71%. Um, with, no, he's throwing 70% now. That last week kind of dropped him down. He's throwing 70%. So Lamar, he's... He, 
he can show that he can flourish in the offense. It just seems like the offense just gets stale after a while, or they try to do too much, like these cute plays or plays that uh, Kansas City kind of do. You know what I mean? I, I feel like if the Ravens stay on to the script and we is able to follow their own philosophy a little bit and not play down to the level of competition, the Ravens will, will be in a better position, you feel me? So, you know, like I said, I, I'm not saying that the Ravens are a superior, better team than the San Francisco 49ers or the Miami Dolphins, but I felt like if the Ravens was able to take care of business against Indianapolis Colts and against the Pittsburgh Steelers, they arguably could have their defense is top five defense in this league right now. You know what I mean? Even with the drop passes, the offense has significantly changed from bottom of the burrow to at least midway of the pack. <laughs> so it's like the, you, you've seen the, the progression that the Ravens have. They just got to finish the games. That's all I'm saying, Brandon. You feel me? All right. Um, now let's go ahead. And let's, let's get to week five recap real quick, man. Re, week five was, was, was a little crazy. Week five, we had the Bears and the, and the Commanders, and the Bears beat the Commanders 40 to 20. I felt like the Commanders really went to sleep on the Bears on that game. I felt like the Bears um had a game plan. They stuck to it. And Washington was wasn't they wasn't there. That front seven didn't show up in my opinion. Um and I and and I don't I don't know what else to say about the commanders, man. Sometimes they they, they keep saying they're a quarterback away, they keep saying that they're a coach away. They want to fire Ron, bring in Eric Bianami as their head coach. I, I feel like Washington is going to be an up-and-down team. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Ravens, man, We, as I just alluded to, the Steelers had beat the Ravens 17-10. I felt like the Ravens did not really close the door on them. The Steelers had no type of offense, no type of rhythm going in until it was late fourth quarter when George Pickens finally got that uh, touchdown reception over Marlon Humphrey which I feel like Marlon Humphrey shouldn't have been on Pickens. I understand the competitiveness. I understand that you're pride. But I, if me as a defensive coordinator, I wouldn't have put Pickens – I wouldn't have put Marlon Humphrey on Pickens, not Marlon Humphrey first game back. I would have put Brandon Stevens on him. Brandon Stevens is a dog. Um, I would have lived with that decision. The Falcons in the Houston, Texas, man. The uh, Falcons got that one 21-19. Um, that was a battle of a, a coin flip, in my opinion, because that team, either team could have won that one. But the Houston Texans are showing that what the Miko Ryans is doing over there, they 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 starting to come around just a little bit. They they're not getting blown out as I expected them to be. The Houston Texans are very competitive in the game, and I most definitely love that quarterback play and how CJ Stroud is really stepping up this year. Um, the Giants and the Dolphins. This was the landslide. The Dolphins beat the hell out of the Giants. 31 to 16. I felt like that the Giants is not going to be their team that we all seen last year. I felt like that last year was a Cinderella team for the New York Giants. They are having a, a terrible time, a struggling time blocking for Danny Dimes. Man, they are leading the NFL. He has he's been sacked 30 times right now, as we speak. 30 times. He's probably even getting sacked in his sleep. So um, until the Giants can find a way to turn that around. They most definitely gonna keep losing. Um, the Giant, I mean, uh, the Panthers and the Lions. The Lions got that one 42 to 24. The Detroit Lions, in my opinion, is showing that the team we all seen last year a little bit. They finally turned in that curve, and I feel like the Detroit Lions will win the NFC North this year. And they and they are hands down showing why. The Tennessee Titans and the uh Indianapolis Colts. The Colts got that one 23 to 16. Um as I just alluded to, the Colts had beat the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. They still on that winning streak. Um, they was able to beat Tennessee, who the Ravens got this week. Hopefully that Tennessee continue their landslide. <laughs> but D Hop did put up big numbers in this game. Uh, it was just that that, in my opinion, Ron Tannehill is not going to be the quarterback that can get you far. Uh, it's going to be the quarterback that can get you deep into the playoffs, or the quarterback that's going to even have you thinking that. He is a Super Bowl contending quarterback. He's just not that guy. <coughs> Excuse me. I just feel like the um, Tennessee Titans is just <clears throat> going to have an up and down year also. The New Orleans Saints versus the New England Patriots. And the New Orleans Saints beat the hell out of the Patriots, man. 34 to Donut. And I feel like the Patriots has a lot. They got a lot going on. They got a, they questioning if um, 
Bill Belichick is is as great as coach as he is. It's his time is up. Should he still be the GM also? Because he's not bringing no talent. Then you know you got also got you you want to blame um, Mac Jones, but then when you look at Mac Jones and his um, offensive coordinator, it's like dog. I see why Mac Jones is having a struggling year. So I think the New England Patriots, as I alluded to, to all my Patriots fans, that they was going to have a shitty season. Um, is this not all blaming on Mac Jones? You got to also kind of blame it on Bill Belichick. You got to also blame it on Robert Kraft. You got to blame it on that whole organization. Since Tom Brady left, they haven't been all that good. The Eagles and the Rams, the Eagles got that one 23 to 14. And the reason I chose, uh, I reason I remember I told y'all that the Philadelphia Eagles wasn't my best NFC team just for the simple fact that sometimes I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles managed games. They're not worrying about putting teams away. They weren't about managing the clock. They weren't about burning the clock out to the team. Like I said, good strategy because right now the Eagles are still undefeated. But the, I feel like the Eagles, for them to take that next step, for them to actually be considered as a high-powered team, in my in my opinion, you got to involve A.J. Brown and, and um, Devontae Smith a little bit more. I like that they add Swift a little bit more into the uh, offense, especially in that run game, because I think Swift is a decent running back. But at the same time, man, you you kind of gotta you gotta start beating the hell out of teams just a little bit, just to make teams to be aware. Like we don't want to play the Philadelphia Eagles, but also you know when you play against the Philadelphia Eagles, it's going to be a long game. It's going to be one of them old-fashioned, drugged-out, ass-whooping games. You know what I mean? You just got to be able to. If you were able to stick it in, stick it out, and hopefully that you can still you know, uh throw some punches back at the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe you can win one. Um, an interesting game, the Broncos and the Jets, man. The Broncos lost to the Jets 21-31. And as one of my grid network partners would say, uh said on the eight o'clock spot, keep my offensive coordinator name out your mouth. <laughs> Man, if y'all don't know, Sean Payton said that Nathaniel Hackett had did a shitty job. They did a terrible job with the Broncos last year. And in my opinion, I feel like Sean Payton ain't did a better job this year either. <clears throat> you pretty much got the same team that Nathaniel Hackett did, and you got the and you're still not winning any more games that Nathaniel Hackett did last year. So for you to be sitting there trying to throw rocks at a stone, you gotta say, I mean, trying to throw stones at a at a glass house. You got to sit here and look at your house that you're in, man. You sitting here want to go blasting Russell Wilson for kissing babies, trying to bring the crowd, trying to bring the, the uh, you know, the uh, um, the crowd to the to mile high and stuff like that. And you get mad, talking about don't kiss babies, you're not a politician, blah, blah. The man is trying to sell tickets to make sure that the Denver Broncos is still relevant. That's why he's out there kissing babies, because you're not putting the Denver Broncos in a position to win games. So that's why. Kansas City and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Chiefs got that one 27-20, and I think that the Vikings is going to have a shitty year, number one, because Kirk Cousins is not that guy. He's he's only – he's not that good, man. I, I feel like Kirk Cousins is a decent quarterback, um, but I think his time in Minnesota has ran out. I think Minnesota is time for a new voice over there, um, a new quarterback, because they already just got a new head coach not too long ago. So I think that this head coach is probably going to find a way to bring his own quarterback in because you don't want to waste too many years of Justin Justin Jefferson. You just don't want to waste too many years of that. So um, I I feel like Kirk Cousins is time in Kansas City. I mean, in Minnesota is about to run up. And now that you're about to really see that Justin Jefferson is not going to be able to play for the next couple of weeks due to a hamstring injury. So now Kirk Cousins is pretty much all in his own. Can Kirk Cousins lead a team? Man, that's the question we're about to see. Another game was the Bengals and the Cardinals, and the Bengals got that one 34-20, and I feel like the Bengals might be on their way back. Jamal Chase was able to snag down three touchdowns from um, Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow was able to make sure that his calf didn't really bother him. Um, So we got to most definitely keep an eye on the Bengals. The Cardinals, man, they just been playing hard. Behind Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, man, they they just been out here balling, showing that they can potentially be a, a a decent team. Because a lot of people slept on the Cardinals. Nobody believed in the Cardinals. Nobody thought that the Cardinals would be um, even competitive. 
But if you look at the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys not too long ago, the Cardinals was in and every game that they was in this year. So no team has really was able to blow them out. Not just yet. You never know things might can change, but the Cardinals is out there putting in, putting in work a little bit. The San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, this is pretty much like the game of the week, man. And everybody was waiting to see if the 49ers can really show superior uh, to the NFC. And can the Cowboys really be the team that can really answer to the 49ers? Can the Cowboys get over that hump? And the question was no. We've seen the difference of levels of, of these two teams. We see that one team is pretty much, and through this first five weeks, are a Super Bowl contender team. The other one is just a team that you you can coast throughout the regular season, but once you get into the rec- once you get to the postseason, you might don't want to count on them. You might don't want to pick them. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, locked in sports. I'm sorry, Barry. I'm sorry, everybody else that's on the Grid Network. That's a Cowboys fan, Cowboys can fan, all of y'all. But I'm going to sit here and tell y'all, the Cowboys won't. They'll make the playoffs. They won't go too far. They are not a Super Bowl contender team. That Prescott is not a Super Bowl contender quarterback. Um, it, 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 it's just like a lot of things is trickling. I'm not going to say what I normally – I am going to say what I normally say. As long as Jerry Jones is y'all owner, y'all cursed. Y'all cursed. I'm not going to say that y'all would be cursed to keep getting injuries and stuff like that because I don't wish injuries on anybody. But as long as he, as y'all uh, uh, owner, GM, and all this other stuff, the Cowboys are cursed. I felt like the Cowboys, I said this many years ago, and I'm going to keep saying it. Jerry Jones sold his soul for that 90s Super Bowl, and he ain't getting that soul back. So <laughs> uh, that's exactly why the Cowboys are, are, are going to continue to be on the path that they are on. The uh, early game, the the, bu- the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars got that one over in London, 25 to 20. And in my opinion, I feel like the Jaguars got that game. Number one, they played two weeks back to back over there in, in, uh, in London. Number two, the Jaguars are so goddamn used to playing in London, man. They start to they play better in London than they, they did do in the States. <laughs> That's just like, wow. And then, man, we look at Buffalo, man. What's up with Buffalo? Buffalo can't put away the team that they're supposed to put away. In my opinion, I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I had in my last episode as my surprise team, as they was one and two, and they wasn't able to get things together. But now it seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars has swung that momentum now since I called them out. They're starting to win games that you didn't expect them to win these, to win these games. So – for the Jaguars to win, man, it's, it's, it's like, wow. You know what I mean? They 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 turned that curve. But for the Bills, man, it's like, is it injuries? Is it Josh Allen? Is it a coaching? Like, what it is with the Buffalo Bills that they just can't win game that they're supposed to win, in my opinion. Last but not least, that Monday night game, the Packers versus the Raiders. The Raiders got that one 17-13. Sorry, Kurt, man. I don't know what's up with your Packers this year. Jordan Love is not the answer, in my opinion. I feel like Jordan Love. Um, I'm not saying giving up. I'm not saying give up on him, but I'm saying that I think that he might not be the answer to who y'all, which I was looking for. He might not be the guy that y'all was looking for, like how Aaron Rodgers took over from uh, Brett Favre. Um, the Raiders. Honestly, I, I I didn't even pick the Raiders to win this game, but the Raiders did win. They came out. They showed out. The Raiders are an iffy team. Um, if you. Get a chance to go ahead and pick a pick with them or pick against them, man. Got to choose wise against against the Las Vegas Raiders, man. You you never know what team you're gonna get. Um. So yeah, that was my re my uh, recap of Week Five, man. Like I said, Week Five was 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 very um, interesting. We seen some games that was like wow, and we seen some games. We seen some teams that's like, what are you doing? Why? What's going on? You feel me? All right, before I give y'all my picks real quick and wrap this show up, I have another another comment. I'm not knocking the Ravens. I've been a Ravens fan since 97. My man, that's what I'm talking about. We need we need more Ravens fans out here. <laughs> no, but on the for real though, the Ravens, man, they, they just play play down to the level of competition. If they play a little bit better, man, hopefully they play better on Sunday morning 
things things can get a little bit better for them. All right. Before I let y'all go, I got to give y'all my week six picks, you feel me? And like I said, y'all seen my man Ray was in the comments. He said my picks is doo-doo, not that great. Anything in that nature, my picks is trash. Let's see how these picks go this week. So, for this week, for the Thursday night game, for tonight's game, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs over the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, doo-doo, not putting no more faith in Sean Payton or Russell Wilson. It's just done. Uh, for the Baltimore-Tennessee game, of course, I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going to give Baltimore another shot, man. I feel like I said, I feel like Tennessee um, is not having a, a, a great year, and I, I don't really believe in Ryan Tannehill, and hopefully our defense can really step up and show out this week um, as, they, as, they, as they've been doing the previous four or five weeks. You feel me? So I take Baltimore on that one. Washington-Atlanta. I'm gonna take Washington. That was a game I was I don't know because I don't know which Washington team is gonna show up. Is it gonna be the Washington team from uh, a couple of weeks ago? Is it gonna be the Washington team from last week against the Bears? We should find out. Chicago and Minnesota. I'm gonna choose Chicago on this one. I, I like I told y'all against Minnesota. I don't think Kirk Cousins is the answer, and I feel like the momentum that the Bears are on, I feel like they can carry that over to Minnesota, Cincinnati, and Seattle. I'm going to take Cincinnati. I think that Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals are semi-back. If they're not fully back, I think they are good enough to beat the, the Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco and, and, and the Cleveland Browns. Do I need to say this answer? <laughs> but since I'm, go, I'm going to anyway, I'm going to pick the 49ers. I feel like the 49ers will wally walk <laughs> the uh, Cleveland Browns, man. So there ain't going to be no contest there. Miami and Carolina. I feel like Miami is another high power offensive team. Will put up big high power, uh, big offensive points against Carolina. Carolina is not the team that I thought they was going to be by putting the, uh, some key pieces around. Um, what's the young quarterback name? Bryce Young. But right now, Bryce Young is is looking real young. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he's, he's, I, they saying that his height is really bothering them. We shall see as the as this career goes on, as the season goes on, for real, for real. So I got Miami in that one. Detroit and Tampa Bay, I'm going to take Detroit in this one. I feel like Detroit is the better team. Um, Jacksonville and Annapolis, I'm going to take Jacksonville. I, even though Jacksonville is coming home to Jacksonville, hopefully they can keep that same momentum that they had over in um, London. New Orleans and Houston. I'm going to go with Houston. I'm going to gamble on this one. This was my gambling pick. I think that Houston is the team that people are going to sleep on. A lot of people hasn't really awoke, has woken up and seen how CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans has really put together this team. So I'm going to go ahead and choose the Houston Texans on this one. The New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go ahead and choose the Raiders because I don't have no faith in uh, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And this is probably going to be the game that they get back. But I still don't believe in the Patriots for the simple fact what the hell happened last year when they tried to throw the ball back down to the quarterback and Tyson uh, Chandler got the interception and took it to the house. <laughs> so I'm going to just go ahead and choose Las Vegas on that one. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams. This was a tough game and another gambling game for myself. And my gambling ways told me to go ahead and choose the Arizona Cardinals because for the simple fact that the Arizona Cardinals, you can't sleep on them. They are never out of games. They playing good behind Josh Dobbs. And the L.A. Rams are just up and down. Haven't really watched their game, uh, Rams game yet this season. But from the games that I, the, the highlights that I've seen, they seem like the, the Rams hasn't really picked back their spunk yet. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Cardinals. The Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Jets. I'm going with the Eagles on this one. Even though that uh, it looked like Zach Wilson and the Jets are finally, and their offense finally got something, but I'm still not sold on the Jets. The Jets' defense will keep them in the game in the first three quarters, but I think after the third, after that uh, third quarter, once they get to the fourth quarter, the team that managed the ball the most, the Philadelphia Eagles, will be the team that hold the ball at the end. You feel me? The Giants and the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna take the Bills on this one. I don't believe nothing in the Giants. Um, I think the Bills will have a bounce back. They shouldn't have lost last week in in uh, London, so I feel like that Buffalo will get that get that game back. And 
the Monday night game. This was a hard game to choose also, man, between the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Chargers. This was tough. It was real tough because you got the Cowboys is going against their old offensive coordinator. You know, the Chargers is still having an up and down season, hasn't really shown that um that they are uh the team that you should be really scared of with all the weapons that they do have. But I feel like I'm gonna go with the Chargers for the simple fact Kellen Moore knows what the Dallas Cowboys defense is capable of doing and what they are capable of calling. And then them them not having digs uh, is very big. Um, I feel like once they lost digs, man, that that Dallas defense is kind of this just took a step back. I still believe in uh, Michael Parsons. I still feel like Michael Parsons is a is a force that you you just you just gotta you just gotta keep your eye on. But I also don't believe that Michael Parsons is the is the guy that can just take over the game by himself. Um, I, I feel like that the Cowboys' best defense is team defense and not just a single um, defense. So there you have it. There go my picks. Kansas City, Baltimore, Washington, Chicago, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Miami, Detroit, um, Jacksonville, Houston, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Eagles, the Bills, and the Chargers. So like you, like I said in the beginning of the show, yo, if you feel like your picks is gonna be better than mine, you feel like you you your picks is different, put it in the comments. You feel me? And tell me who you pick, who you like. And it's week six, and you know what I mean. We can match up and see who who has the better picks. You feel me? So once again, man, I appreciate everybody who tuned in, who commented, who's gonna uh eventually tune in or whatnot. You feel me? I appreciate y'all, man. Cause like I said, I'm still striving. To get to that thousand subscribers so please make sure you like share subscribe tell a friend who can be a friend who can possibly want to be a friend that mtmo sports podcast is the dopest podcast show out here right now and it's going to give you the news the funniest the funny news also so make sure y'all go out there and let them know that mtmo sports podcast is still trying to reach a thousand subscribers and also man make sure y'all go out here and check out my network the grid network you feel me that'd be different you want to hear something different than these regular um, uh, analysts or these other podcasters who really is not putting in all that work to give you good stats, to give you good news, to give you in-depth and give you the graphics and stuff like that. They had to be different. Come to the grid, you feel me? I guarantee you what coming to the grid, you will have different shows, different opinions, and you'll have uh, uh, um, great content. You feel me? So, Make sure you check out my guy, Carving It Up with Bryson. Make sure you check out All Even um, Podcast. Make sure you check out Clutch Sports Talk every Sunday, 11 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Make sure if you're in the MMA, make sure you check out Outside the Cage. If they sit there and kick out all that great facts that they got over there, basketball season is coming up. If you're a Laker fan, make sure you you join into the forum. You feel me? Check out my man Patrick as he give out those Lakers um stats and the Lakers news you feel me and to all my Raiders fans out here if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan and you want to hear your Raiders um particular podcast yo check out my my guy um D Hop who got the uh Raiders roundup that, that pops on every Wednesday also if you're a Commanders fan check out Commanders on Demand as my guy Pernell Sports PSP will give you all the Commanders take and if you're a Ravens fan like myself Make sure you tune in at, at the Bank, a Baltimore Ravens podcast, every Saturday at 10 Eastern Standard Time, yo, every Saturday morning. Make sure y'all there. Make sure y'all locked in because I always give you that big trust, man, because why trust anything else, you feel me? So there you have it, y'all. I just gave you great shows to look out for and to uh, actually watch. And, and, and like I said, great content, great uh, creators. So that'd be different, you feel me? So there you have it. Oh, before I go, shout out to my favorite ladies, Locked In Sports. Uh, they just dropped another episode that just passed, that just dropped, uh, what's the day? Thursday. They, they, I think they dropped like Tuesday or Wednesday. Make sure y'all go check them out, yo. They got dope shows. If y'all want to hear the female's point of view, 
get the wine and all that, yo, check out my favorite ladies, Locked In Sports, L-O-C-N-D, sports, you feel me? Make sure y'all go tune in and check them out, yo. So there you have it. That's all I have for y'all, man. Like I said, I appreciate everybody that tuned in. Make sure y'all run this 1,000 subscribers up, you feel me? Because I'm trying to get there, and I won't stop until I get there. Even when I do get there, I'm still not going to stop, you feel me? So I make sure make sure y'all check me out Saturday on the, uh, at the bank. Make sure y'all tune in to every other Thursday when I come back here to give y'all that general sports talk, you feel me? So I catch y'all when I catch y'all, and I see you when I see you. Peace.